0: And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the fab foe Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. So, you guys have what you need for summer tour? I have my big floppy hat.
1: Yes, I have my prescription medicines. I have my
0: tickets, I think.
1: Oh, and my earplugs from EarDial.
0: We're happy to have EarDial as a sponsor. They provide invisible, high-fidelity hearing protection so you don't mess up your ears at concerts.
2: They're some of the most comfortable earplugs I've worn. They fit well, they block out the background noise, and they let the
1: music shine through. Eardial is offering our listeners 20% off their earplugs, which you can find at eardial.com slash Osiris. Seriously, we recommend these earplugs. I've used a lot of earplugs. These are the best ones I've used. We hope to see you at a show this summer sporting them. Check out eardial.com slash Osiris to pick up some today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Helping Friendly podcast. This is a quick hit for the show June 14th, 2019 at Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo 2019. This is Matt here. And on the line with me, I have David, who is at uh, Bonnaroo still. How's it going, David?
2: It's going great. Good morning.
1: Um, I, I thank you for joining us. I know the band went super late last night. Uh, I stayed up and listened to it myself and you were there and may have been getting into some, uh, fun afterwards. So I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're super tired. Um, but, uh, let me, let me start by asking you about kind of the scene down there. Um, have you been to Bonnaroo before?
2: I've not been to Bonnaroo before. This is my first time. Ah, Um, obviously the, the boys playing two nights was part of what, uh, got me here. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So it is uh, it is uh, a very uh, a great scene. Um, I'll have to say that I don't know who paid off the weather gods, but it, it is just for for June in Tennessee. It is just beautiful. Uh, I mean, I don't think it cracked 80 yesterday. Um, it was cold at showtime, uh, you know, probably in the upper 50s. So just, uh, again, from some of the stories I've heard from Bonnaroo in years past, we really lucked out on the weather.
1: Yeah, I haven't been there in about 15 years, but um, that's part of the reason why I haven't gone back because uh, when I was there, it was just ungodly hot every day. And you were either dealing with, you know, no rain and it was a dust storm everywhere or like torrential downpour and the entire place was mud. So it sounds like you guys have been uh, in pretty good shape so far. Yeah, um so what's your what's your situation down there you just um gen pop uh camping or do a vip experience or anything like that
2: uh no we're actually staying off site in a lake house about 30 minutes away oh okay cool um so we've got and so we just kind of sprung for the driver um for last night and then sunday night we'll kind of drive ourselves today um and then i've got a friend in the music industry in nashville so we've got artist badges um so we're a little uh uh, you know, we have a little bit different access just in terms of getting in and out. So I, I don't know if I can speak to the the general. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in Centeroo. Um I did walk around some last night before the show. I uh, checked out the AVITs a little bit, uh, went over and saw Grizz uh, for a little while. Um, I, I can tell you that after some of those experiences, I feel old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, especially walking through the Grizz crowd, Um, so, uh, with my tweezer shirt on, I I got some, I got some looks, uh, but, but, but in general, I mean, the festival is very well run. I mean, people seem to be having a good time. Again, the weather has kind of made it so that nobody's dealing with, uh, with externalities that that might uh, take away the good vibes. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I have to say, and you know, people have talked about the legacy of Bonnaroo kind of evolving out of the Fish organization. Um, but I would say my experience when I was there, and once again, I, I haven't been there since like two thousand and five. Um, but I, I felt like Bonnaroo was kind of like the Disney World of festivals, and similar similarly with Fish festivals. It's like there's a lot of other festivals out there, and a lot of them are very good, but like they they are just on a different level in terms. Of the organization and um, level of you know professionalism about everything it, that they do,
2: it's really impressive. And again, you know, because of our artist badges, which again there are tons of people with these, just because there are tons of artists and everybody can put their you know industry people and everybody has their list. Um, you know, there are all these like ways for us to scan our our RFID badges in and out. Um, I will say, I'll share a stat that I heard from one of the organizers that of all the people that come uh, to the festival, ten percent don't ever leave the campgrounds. So 10% of the wristbands are never scanned in at Centaroo.
1: That is insane. So at, yeah. so at Bonnaroo, that's what, like 7,000 people that yeah, show up there? And, I mean, just leave? Five.
2: and just never leave the campgrounds. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I hope those people and then, make it out okay.
2: <laughs> and then I guess the other stat is that there are about 5%, he said about 5% scan in on the first day and, and never scan back out, so they never leave oh, the festival, wow. which means they're obviously sleeping there or just kind of going for three days straight. So those are a couple of stats that I was that I was really blown away. Wow, by. that's
1: yeah, that's pretty amazing. I, I, it's funny that they don't like
2: sweep those people out at the end of the night, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who else are you there to see?
1: Um, a- any other sets you're really excited about?
2: Uh, well, I have to say, and, and gearing up to talk about Fish, uh, Childish Gambino blew the entire place away last night really um I, and i really had no um I mean, i was excited to see him i've uh you know i've seen that video but i can't say that i know a lot of his other music and uh he came out and really destroyed the place um a, a really amazing show uh he you know his dancing and his singing and his band and the lights um he was kind of on a, a, a riser he came up to start the show and this riser kind of in front of the soundboard, like the spinning thing. Um, so, uh, you know, it was almost a hard act to follow for fish, um, because uh, you could definitely tell that there was more interest in that. Um, and again, the younger crowd, um, it, you know, it, it was, it was much more packed where we were for, for Childish Gambino than it was for Fish. So um,
1: so that, that's actually a good lead. And I was going to ask you about like, um, you know, what the crowd was like, because it was strange. We could hear the show on uh, Sirius, um, but not being able to have any type of visual. Um, I, I, you know, I was kind of wondering like how into it the crowd was and, and if people were just like dispersing going other places. So um, tell us about that. Like what was the size of the crowd and kind of the makeup of, of fans versus noobs?
2: It, it's really hard to say in that environment. You know, so many people are kind of dressed up for the night. Um, it, it's definitely different than a show. Again, I'm kind of walking around in my tweezer shirt um, and, and you, it, it, you know, and normally you go to a show and you see other people kind of in their fish gear. I didn't see nearly as much of that. And I don't know if it's because it was a festival. And so people are, are into kind of getting into costume or getting into characters. Um, there were some very interesting folks wandering around. Um, there was a lot of glitter. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the crowd kind of dispersed after Gambino. Um, and then it, it, there were definitely tons of people, um, but it wasn't packed in like it was for Childish.
1: Okay. So potentially lots of other little nugs out there
2: who were, uh,
1: trying to get their first fish Yeah, Definitely, (laughs) definitely,
2: definitely, definitely.
1: What did, um, so what was kind of the reaction of the crowd? Do you think they won over some new fans?
2: I think so. I mean, everybody was, was into it. Um, uh, and again, it's not like I was around a bunch of, uh, you know, people who I could tell were listening to fish for the first time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, people were into it.
1: That's great. So let's, let's talk about the show itself. Uh, and we can maybe put on the, the jaded fish fan hats now. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I think, you know, the, the overall sentiment from folks last night and this morning seems to be that, yeah, we got a, a definitely a festival set, um, definitely. but a, a pretty well executed one at that. I felt like I, when I was listening to the show last night, I felt like I was hearing fish's greatest hits. Um, but it was like, if you're going to do fish's greatest hits, they picked the right songs and they played the hell out i mean what what did you think
2: um yeah you know going into it i've never seen a one set show so we were really wondering you know how do they go about doing that uh you know do they seeing so many shows over the years there's such a cadence of first set break second set um to go in and not have that uh structure we were curious um i feel like coming out and opening with Carini, it felt more like a second set um you know, I, I didn't know if they'd start with something kind of basic like a sample, um, but but coming out with Carini, it, it definitely fed on uh, the intensity and some of the darkness of, of playing the late night set.
1: Yeah, that um, I I, I want to say maybe the last time they played Bonnaroo, or maybe it was the maybe it's two thousand nine. They they kind of run together. They did the same thing. They had like a late night Friday night show, and it felt like yeah. they tried to fit a full show into that set. Right. Whereas like last night definitely just felt like a long second set.
2: Yeah, there were no ballads. There were no like okay, here's a break song. I mean, if you you know we'll get into it later. But if your break song is two thousand one. To transition from one thing to the next, that's a pretty good night.
1: You know, that's a good point. I didn't even realize that. Um, I, I wonder if that was a conscious decision to try to keep the energy up for for the late yeah. night
2: kids. Yeah, no bluegrass. No, uh, there wasn't a lot of banter. There weren't a lot of antics. Um, you know, I, even during Martian Monster, I thought that sometimes they get a little silly during that. Um, but it was all business.
1: Gotcha. So let's let's talk through it real fast. So um, Carini down with disease, Santos. Everything's right felt like probably the first point in the night where they kind of got loose and, and took off. Um, what did you think of Everything's Right?
2: Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I felt like they they were definitely feeling themselves out for those first three songs. Uh, maybe even some sound issues from where I was standing. Um, so not sure if they were having some sound issues. Uh, you know, I don't know if they get to do a set break in that kind of. I mean, a sound check in that kind of uh, situation. Um, the Carini was great. The disease was very standard. I liked Santos, um, but everything's right was was the first time that I really felt like they connected. Um, there were a couple of points when I was worried that they weren't going to connect, and he was going to rip cord it, uh, and they pushed through. Mike really kind of kind of pushed them through all that stuff.
1: Yeah, now they did kind of, it felt like the jam kind of got aborted a little bit early. Um, They had a lot of momentum going, but then they went into Mercury, which I don't think you can complain too much about if you're (laughs) going to
2: jump off something. I may be a contrarian. I'm not a Mercury fan. Um, I, I, I loved the New Year's gag. I wasn't there, but I loved the visuals of everything they'd done. But every time I've heard Mercury, it's kind of come at a point that Stops me in my tracks a little bit. I think it's like four or five different songs that they've put together, um, and uh, and which I'm willing to get through, especially if there's a great jam on the end of it, like the one from I think it was Vegas last year um, when they had that crazy Mercury jam. It was either Vegas or Hampton last fall? I forget. Um, but we didn't even get that. Um, so uh, anyway, that's that's my take take on mercury <laughs> gotcha
1: gotcha okay well so then maybe you were uh, a little happier with the tweezer that followed
2: i was very happy with tweezer that followed <laughs> and that and and you know you got to surrender to the flow sometimes you sit down you regroup you you get through mercury and uh and then they dropped into tweezer tweezer was was the really one song i wanted to hear last night um last night was my 24 year fish fishiversary uh, my first show was uh mud island 1995 oh wow um, and that was uh, obviously the 50 minute tweezer. Um, I was not a fan going into that show. I just went cause my roommate told me I should go. And so tweezer is really the song that, that hooked me, um, from, uh, you know, from that first night. So, uh, that was really special to hear that song, you know, after all these years and think about all my time with the band, um, I felt like, again, there was maybe some sound stuff going on. I'm not sure if Trey, it looks like he maybe even changed guitars at one point. He was kind of looking back at his rig a little bit. Um, but there was one point it was almost like he looked back at his rig like he was mad at it. And then he just decided to push through it <laughs> and destroy the song. Gotcha. Um, and, and Tweezer was really, really great and hit some really, really great peaks. Um, and then they actually then kind of brought it back to the Tweezer Rift a little bit towards the end.
1: Yeah, there was a nice kind of reprise of that, and then they, they pushed it into 2001 um, yep. after that. Pretty, pretty straightforward 2001. Yep. Um, and then we – so I think that's, that's one that I could see them playing once again for the late-night kids uh, in, their, in their costumes and their glitter and – Definitely. What God knows what else they've got going on.
2: Right, um, right.
1: So I, I can imagine that was a pretty big dance
2: party. definitely. Definitely
1: um and then you've got a um pretty straightforward steam didn't didn't yep. go out there Martian monster more um and i felt like harry hood was probably along with everything's right the other point in the night where they they let loose just a little bit um felt more like kind of normal show fish what do you think of the hood
2: uh yeah well and just to say on the more i love i'm a big more fan and uh after some of the disjointedness a little bit of kind of the you know, Steam Martian Monster, um, the more really brought it back around emotionally. Um, I think that everybody uh, at, at that point, and maybe it was just because I was around a lot more uh, jaded vets, but that uh, you know we were all we were all happy to hear that. Uh, and then you know, anytime they drop into Hood, you, you're smiling because you know what's uh, coming up. The Hood Jam was. Uh, I, yeah, I would say different. It didn't really start off. I'll have to go re-listen to it, but I didn't, it didn't feel like it started off like a regular hood jam with some of that quiet buildups, um, to the point where I felt like at certain times, you know, I don't know if we're in the different, a different key. Um, you know, it didn't feel like it was building on the traditional hood structure. It was a great jam, um, and really went to some interesting places. Uh, somebody lost some fireworks, uh, from the staff parking lot in the middle of it that kind of got everybody, kind of get everybody going but there was a point where they kind of petered out of it a little bit and I almost worried that they were going to abort it because at that point they were they were really nowhere near the hood structure Um, and they kind of quieted it down and then Trey uh, you know Trey found that little progression and, and brought us back to the peak to feel good about hood
1: yeah, that was that was definitely fun. Um, I, one of the highlights for me, definitely, from, from the couch. So then we've got Character Zero to finish that off, and then they do an encore of Possum and Twee Prize. Um, I don't know about you. I kind of thought maybe they would save the Twee Prize for the Sunday night show, but it looks like they wanted to just kind of bookend you know this concise uh, show that they played last night.
2: Yeah, I definitely thought, and just back to the Zero for a minute, obviously it was a pretty standard Zero, but Trey was having a ball. He was running from one side of the stage to the other, um, kind of out into the wings, oh, cool. um, which you don't, which you don't really see him do a lot. And again, it, you know, after you've seen childish Gambino, you know, walking all through the crowd and going up on risers and everything, it's almost like he had to uh, push his game a little bit <laughs> and, and get out from behind his comfort zone, but he was really, uh, it was a great zero. Um, and, and, uh, and Trey was, was definitely having fun at that point and then the possum I yeah I, I thought that the, it would just be possum and I actually at that point was I had almost forgotten that they had played tweezer um but then they dropped into the reprise and and destroyed it as always
1: nice nice so yeah so you got that complete uh tweezer another Tennessee tweezer for you on the anniversary of, yep. of your first yep. show mud islands um so yeah that, that's amazing so all right man so so what's on tap for you today at the uh at the festival
2: uh, we're gonna head back over here in the afternoon and uh, try to check out uh, Marin Morris and uh, and Casey Musgraves. There's a lot of good music today. John Prine is later on today. Oh, that's great. Um, um, we'll see if I we'll see if I'm up for Post Malone <laughs> later tonight <laughs> <laughs> at eleven o'clock. I got to save up for the, the 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 entree of the weekend, which yeah. is two sets of fish tomorrow.
1: Yep, yep. Um, so, have you seen Casey Musgraves before? I have not. She's I'm not awesome. i to see her. I saw her a yeah. couple months ago. It was an amazing show. So, um, yep. you'll enjoy that. Any predictions for tomorrow night's fish show? Uh,
2: I have zero predictions. Um, I'm, I'll be very interested to see what the crowd will be like, uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, I think that there's some people kind of feel, you know, are people going to stick around, uh, for fish. I mean, I think the hardcore people and then just the casual fish fans will stick around, but, um, you know, I don't, I think it'll be a much more intimate affair tomorrow night, two sets to close out the festival. I think people will be tired after the weekend. I'm sure that post Malone is going to destroy the place tonight. And, uh, and again, that's a lot of people are there, uh, for that. So we'll see who sticks around and I'm expecting, uh, you know, a, a more straightforward fish show just in terms of the structure. Um, and looking forward to some, you know, maybe some, maybe some guests tomorrow and, uh, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, if we're going to, uh, send the the kind folks listening out with a jam, what would you suggest we include?
2: Uh, I would say probably the everything's right.
1: Okay. Um,
2: was, was the jam of the night.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, we will, uh, send everybody to that after a quick word from one of our, uh, sponsors. Um, David, I thank you for joining us. Um, get back to resting up and preparing for, uh, day three here. Um, David is at France, M O D that's P H, uh, of course, R A N C E M O D on Twitter. Um, David, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah. Thanks. for no
1: What is a city without its music? Nugs.net is the destination for live music on demand. They have a growing collection of over 15,000 full-length concert recordings from bands like Pearl Jam, Humphreys McGee, Dead & Company, and Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band, so you'll never run out of live music to explore.
0: I've been digging into a lot of Humphreys shows on Nugs.net, and the catalog and the sound quality are really amazing. It's a great way to get to know a band even more. I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings, Dead & Company, oh, and uh, Wilco's on there
2: now too. Well, I've been listening to the infamous String Dusters and loving some of the old Steve Kimmock shows on there.
1: It's available on desktop, iOS, and Android apps. Sonos, that's how I listen, and Blue OS. The Nugs.net team knows you love live music, so they're offering new subscribers a 35% discount on an annual subscription. Go to nugs.net slash helpingfriendly and sign up today.
0: If you already have a subscription, give the gift of live music to a friend. Again, that's nugs.net slash for 35% off an annual subscription.
1: Before we get to this Everything Rights Jam, I want to remind everybody about an event that Osiris is doing at Tonewood Brewing in Oakland, New Jersey on June 29th. Uh, We're going to be there, uh, some of the Helping Friendly Podcast cats, uh, I believe uh, some folks from Beyond the Pond and Fear of a Craft Brewing Planet are going to be there. Um, It'll be a big old celebration. That's going to be in the afternoon before uh, the parking lots open and you can go over to Camden and start your afternoon. So um, come see us 1 to 3. Three at Tonewood Brewing, Oakland, New Jersey. Uh, hit us up on the web for more information. Thanks and enjoy Everything's Right from Last Night at you.